It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pumped hydro. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. We're coming to you from the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au. My name is Natalie Bucknell and I'm joined today by my co-host Kira Rundle. Hi, Hi Kira. Hey. And we've got Michael Steindl back from the wilds. How are you, Michael? Hey everyone, I'm just trying to relearn the panel. <laughs> Okay, stay tuned. Uh, hang on for a uh, potentially <laughs> rocky ride this morning. <laughs> no, Michael's the consummate professional. It's all under control. Um, we've spoken before on this show about corporate renewable power purchase agreements. A renewable PPA is a long-term agreement for an energy buyer to purchase a quantity of electricity generated by an off-site renewable energy project such as solar or wind farm. Sounds like a win-win for both generators and consumers. But as always, the devil is in the detail, and corporate PPAs have proven to be a complicated instrument. To facilitate the uptake of corporate PPAs in Australia, ARENA, the Victorian New South Wales State Governments, and WWF recently celebrated the launch of the Business Renewable Centre of Australia in Sydney and Melbourne. So here to tell us about this Business Renewable Centre and other climate initiatives of WWF We've got Monica Richter joining us by telephone from Sydney. Monica heads up WWF Australia's Low Carbon Futures Program. She's an economist and social ecologist with extensive experience in sustainability and business engagement. Monica has an interest in accelerating the uptake of low carbon technologies and over 15 years experience in the not-for-profit sector in WWF and the Australian Conservation Foundation. Hi Monica, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to have you today. So we're really keen to hear about the Business Renewable Centre, but before we kick into that, can you give us a quick background on the Low Carbon Futures Program at at WWF Australia? Sure. So in the lead-up to the Paris Agreement in 2015, uh, I came on to WWF as the Business Engagement Manager to try and build the program together. And I went and spoke to a number of my friends and colleagues in the business world and one of the things they identified was the lack of opportunities for companies to shift towards renewable electricity if they wanted to do that and we set up the Renewable Energy Buyers Forum. I can talk a little bit more about that uh, later because it was a precursor to us partnering with other organisations to set up the Business Renewable Centre. Right. The, The other program that WWF has been running internationally in combination with the World Resources Institute, CDP, which is a carbon management reporting platform, uh, and the UN Global Compact was the science-based targets initiative. Terrific. And yeah, we'd, we've, we'd love to hear a bit more about that later in the program as well. Yeah. So well, tell us about the Business Renewable Centre. What, what is it and what's it about? So the Business Renewable Centre is designed to get energy users 
uh, you know, mostly focused on the large energy users, but over time we'll be servicing a small, you know, SMEs. But, you know, the, the commercial industrial sector, councils, governments to sign up to long-term and, you know, commit, make commitments to sign up to long-term renewable energy power purchase agreements because our objective is to drive towards 100% renewable electricity. So what does it look like as an, as an organisation? How many people are involved? How many employees? Do, do you have offices? Sure. <laughs> so like, or, you know, it's a not-for-profit centre. We have three partners involved at so UPS. Institute for Sustainable Futures. They're going to provide the technical support, Climate Kick, the Knowledge Innovation Community, which is an organisation set up in Australia to accelerate innovative thinking around solving climate solutions, and then WWF as a third player because of our expertise and history with the Renewable Energy Buyers Forum. So the three organisations came together. Uh, and we looked at what models would be able we would be able to pull together to really accelerate this interest in corporate PPAs. And we looked at the Rocky Mountains Institute Business Renewable Centre, and WWF in the, in the US has the partnership with the BRC. I'll refer to it as the BRC. Uh, and we decided to bring that particular model uh, here to Australia. Yeah, that actually leads in really nicely to the next question we have, which was based on um, how the center is kind of precedented by the Rocky Mountain Institute in the U.S. Is the Australian version much different to that initiative? And are there other initiatives around the world that are building upon this model? Yeah, so I guess, you know, traditionally companies and councils would they would go out to procure electricity on a one or three year contract and it's pretty straightforward you don't have a lot of negotiating power unless you're a big energy user you know you sign a retail contract and you know you put it out to the market for the best competitive price and that's about it whereas what we're talking about what we've seen in the, in the trend particularly in the US and in Europe is for companies as they're making these big multinational companies the likes of Walmart and Unilever and you know Arab and you know the very big companies are making commitments towards a RE100, mm. 100% renewable electricity um, over time, and they want to be able to have a facility to be able to to make those long-term commitments. So that's that's what we're we're starting to see that appetite overseas. And, and that was why we thought, well, we really need to find a way to support companies to be able to do that here in Australia. And there is no other, uh, I guess, facility that does it as well as the Business Renewable Centre. They've got a goal of 60 gigawatts of renewable electricity by 2030. What, in the US? In the US, yeah. yes, which is wow, bigger than Australia's whole yeah. Australia's national electricity <laughs> market. <laughs> wow. And they're doing very, very well. And they have, you know, big names, the Microsoft, the Apple, the Google, mm-hmm. the Facebooks. You know, there's a lot of companies there who have been able to, you know, go into the corporate PPA model. But we've started from a very low base. In 2016, we saw a lot of uh, utility PPAs, the likes of AGL, 
And then we had government CPAs through the ACT government and the South Australian government and now the Victorian and Queensland government are coming on board. So it's been a very slow mm. increase from virtually nothing in 2016 to now. Uh, we're seeing, I think, by the end of this year, we'll see two gigawatts of corporate PPAs having been um, signed out. And do you expect uh, the enthusiasm to rise as more people become aware of this new program around Australia? I believe the answer is we overwhelmed with interest. <laughs> <laughs> so our job as a not-for-profit is really to help to educate mm-hmm. Uh, through the learning platform that we have on our website. We're developing a series of tools and guides to make it easier. Everything from how do you talk to your CFO about this deal? How do you deal with the issues of risk? What's the term sheet look like for your uh, request for purchasing information? Getting some templates in place that we... Over time, we will simplify the process and have a some standardised contracts that make it easier for, for all parties. And we, you know, we had some milestones that we set for the number of founding members to come on board and we have well and truly exceeded those. Oh, that's great to hear. So how many do you have, Monica? Well, over 55 companies. And if I can just sort of name a few of the the big buyers, so yes. these are the brands that most people would be familiar with. So DPT, the property company, ANZ, IKEA, CBA, the Commonwealth Bank, DJ, Country Road, Transurban, Suncorp, Unilever, Woolworth, CUB, Next DC, they're a data management, uh, da- you know, they have, have data banks. So they've, they've, they've all joined up as looking, looking to move in this up. direction. Correct. Optus, NRMA, Brambles, Goldman Sachs, and then there's a bunch of councils uh, and a bunch of universities as well. I must say, Monica, just as a comment rather than a question, it feels really weird to me, and I suspect to a lot of our listeners, to hear WWF um, working in this area. We, I'm just used to thinking of them as the uh, the panda bear symbol and, and animals. Um, it's It's quite a different area for you, isn't it? WWF has two purposes. Obviously, traditionally, our species conservation work is very, very strong and very well known, but we also have a mission to support people living in harmony with nature. And the two areas we focus on, one is sustainable agriculture and market transformation, and the other is in the low-carbon futures program. So the low-carbon uh, you know, climate and energy work is where we can make that difference by leveraging our brand and our international programs to help drive the change towards a car, you know, a climate safe future. So, in terms of corporate renewable PPAs, this is really plugging a gap because, you know, notwithstanding, you know, all that development that you talked about, Australia's lagging quite a bit, isn't it, in that area? We are. You know, we've we've we, you know, three years ago we were going to struggle to deliver the 20% renewable energy target by 2020 because of the un- policy uncertainty, you know, with energy policy and its. Yes, you know, need to say more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some of the press releases around the BRC refer to an arena report from last year yes. 
about Australian corporates take up. What what did that study find and how do we compare internationally? So they interviewed uh, the largest, so the ASX 200 companies, about 96 of those companies, and the companies found out, or the, you know, the, re, the research found out that the companies, out, out of the 96 companies interviewed, 46% purchased renewable electricity, but of those, 50% purchased 10% or less. So there's a very, mm. you know, small amount of, of companies purchasing renewable electricity. And there's attitudinal reasons. So those that do say we do it because it costs less, we do it because we can manage our risks better, and we do it because it wants us, you know, we want to, we want to look good doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, for the companies not purchasing renewable electricity, they said, oh, it costs more, you know, it's this attitude around cost. <laughs> it's contradictory, so, isn't it? It, it is, and the lack of knowledge. And I think those are two areas that we really are trying to to plug. And w- when we started the Renewable Energy Buyers Forum three years ago, the price of wholesale solar was $120, in a large-scale solar, was $120 a megawatt hour, whereas now we're looking at less, much less than $70 a megawatt hour, more, more likely you know, somewhere between... 60 and 70. Mm. So 70 would be well firmed, wouldn't it? And much it less would than be, that. Yeah. Yes. So that's, you know, that, the business case stacks up for companies. If they can negotiate, you know, well negotiated power purchase agreement uh, would deliver somewhere between 15 and 47% savings to the electricity bill. And that's from a recent report that Energetics and Morton Rose and WWF were involved in. So, you know, I think it, it, it is. Companies wouldn't be doing it if they didn't save money. That's a simple thing. Yeah, yeah. So the business case is clear just on a cost savings, let alone yes. other other facets of it. That's right. And I think the other thing that we really want to emphasise with the Business Renewable Centre, we're a not-for-profit organisation. We're a values-based organisation and we are really keen to drive best practice across all parts of the ecosystem. So for the project developers, you know, we want them to be negotiating, uh, having really good high, high principles for community engagement, local employment, Indigenous employment, making sure, you know, environmental issues are, are looked after at the highest level. All of that needs to be part of what a successful project looks like but we can all you know we can all benefit not just people in the city and not just the mm. corporates who are mm. the buyers but that across all parts of the system we we really want to be able to drive those higher order principles okay monica in in terms of um barriers to companies taking these things up you've mentioned um straight lack of information as in misunderstanding the price advantages and things are there other barriers yeah i think the the lack of standardization of a PPA uh, is probably one of the key, mm-hmm. key okay. barriers. We as did well. have someone but on. They said that they basically had a full-time person on staff to to negotiate this and understand it. It required that level of commitment. Yes. Well, it's it's a more complicated deal because you know there there are you know, you're talking about generally a ten year contract for a percentage of a company's or an organisation's electricity. And that piece is, 
you know, there's there's retailers, project developers, there's different models that uh, companies can engage in depending on their appetite for risk. So it's understanding what that risk profile is. Mm-hmm. On a traditional purchasing of electricity, it's treated as an expense on the balance sheet. When you're talking about a long-term contract for 10 years, you know, it now becomes a liability or an asset on the balance sheet depending on how how that's structured. So these, these these need to be understood and supported. There's also, you know, how you structure the contract if you have a level of negotiating, you know, um, a bandwidth for the price of electricity changing, the whole price of electricity changing over time, you know, how do you put that into the contract? How do you negotiate that so it's uh, fair and reasonable? Because that's one of the concerns, you know, it's this, um, not only is it a fear of missing out, but uh, what happens if the price of wholesale electricity goes significantly down and I've locked into this 10-year contract? Mm. So understanding the different elements of the marketplace. There is. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Monica Richter from WWF Australia's Low Carbon Futures Program about the Business Renewables Centre. So, Monica, you're talking about barriers to uptake of corporate renewable PPAs. What Are there any regulatory barriers that, that we should be redressing? Uh, regulatory barriers? Hmm. I've caught you on the hop with that one, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really thought through... Uh, what they might be. I mean, you know, obviously the one, one of the other barriers, so, you know, at the moment we've got in Australia a huge amount of interest from international investors and project developers in setting up renewable energy projects in Australia. Solar, wind, including a bit of storage uh, associated with those projects. So one of the barriers that we see is the lack of capacity of the grid, you know, those interconnectors and modes in the regional areas to be able to um, deliver the electricity from where the project's being built um, to be transported into the cities where, you know, the demand is is held. So it's probably less a regulatory barrier than a capacity barrier of the grid and the system to be able issues. to yes. deliver. Monique, we, we do want to leave at least five minutes at the end for the, the science-based targets initiative, so a few more questions to fly through on this topic. Um, the, there's a global initiative called the RE100 where businesses make a public commitment to 100% renewable energy, and you referred briefly to this before. You said businesses do it um, for their corporate image. What's happening in Australia on that front? Do we have an equivalent? Um, are, they, are businesses making transition efforts because of that, and what are consumers viewing that as? Yeah, so a couple of months ago, uh, Arup hosted Sam Kimmins, who's the head of RE100 here in Australia, and we held our first event. We, you know, WWF supported it, uh, and John D, who's a consultant to Arup and also very keen to be the, you know, he is going to be the the person who's going to drive the RE100 initiative here. In Australia, so then a month, oh, a couple of weeks later, um, the Commonwealth Bank was announced as the first company in Australia to uh, commit to RE100. So they've said that they want to purchase 100% renewable electricity by 2030, mm. and they've also just completed their first corporate PPA for 60% of their electricity load from the Sapphire Wind Farm. 
which they've also co-financed, which is the first project of its mm-hmm. of its kind. So, you know, CBA is the first Australian company. There are, I think, something like seventy six multinationals with Australian operations in Australia that have also committed to RE100. So CUB, you know, Carlton and United Brewery, they're a um, big organisation owned by the biggest beverage manufacturer in the world, ABM Bev, mm. uh, from Belgium, and uh, they have made also a commitment to purchase their electricity uh, here. They've you know, recently announced their program. So we will be seeing more companies. I've, I spoke to a few uh, yesterday, uh, and there's a little bit of interest showing. So I think the RE100, you know, it's not going to be for everybody, and I think what the RE100 initiative seeks to do is give opportunity for companies that actually want to be seen to be doing, you know, being on the journey to be able to step up because they are going to be expected to do some advocacy. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a, a handful of those companies Committing over the next uh, few months, uh, so watch this space. So, and what are the business renewable centres' targets around contributing to renewable energy in Australia? So, we've set a couple of targets. One is uh, two gigawatts by twenty twenty two, and five gigawatts by twenty thirty. So, we set this was just over 12 months ago when we were starting to negotiate the contracts with ARENA. <laughs> so that 20, you know, 50, 5 gigawatts is about 20% of New South Wales electricity load, about 25% of the Victorian load, um, you know, by 2030. You know, given the huge interest uh, that we've seen over the last little while, you know, we might exceed that and that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that's our, our, our first goal. Our second goal is really to uh, invite organisations of any size who want to be on this journey with us to you know, be part of creating a really healthy corporate PPA market. So. That's great. Um, I just want to take the last few minutes that we have time for to talk a little bit more about the Science-Based Targets Initiative at the WWF, if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. So the Science-Based Target Initiative is designed to get companies, the biggest global companies, so in Australia, it's the ASX top 100 stock-listed companies and get them to commit long-term emission reduction targets based on, I guess, the science. It's really the, the Paris Agreement's commitments of 2 degrees or preferably mm-hmm. 1.5 degrees. So this is going beyond just renewable energy. This is Absolutely. Emissions so this in other areas all, as well. All of the company's operations, their scope one, scope two, and then scope three, their supply chain. I was just so going to ask that one. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, you know, that's in summary, that's the initiative. Uh, how, how does it operate, Monica? How does that work? So the companies make a commitment to set. So they sign on the dotted line. That is promoted uh, on the Science-Based Targets website. And then companies have 24 months or two years within which to develop the target. And then they submit it to an independent technical committee who review that and make some um, comments, you know, either accepted or, you know, change, you know, suggestions for changing it. And then the company, once the company's made a, set the target and it's approved by the body, then it's announced uh, publicly that they have set a science-based target. And interestingly enough, you know, because of the special report on 1.5 degrees, the initiative reviewed the targets that have been set by the 
100 companies that have already made the commitments globally, and 62% of those, so, you know, that's pretty good, 62% have their targets are consistent with a 1.5 degree pathway. So I think that's pretty heartening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when the science actually says we've got to go a lot better than that. Um, we're already Indeed. we're already mm-hmm. too far, and we need to actually stop dead and draw down. So um, it's just a start, isn't it? Yes, it is. So you know, for so for companies, it's not just renewable energy. It's obviously going to be industrial processes mm-hmm. and driving that innovation through their supply chains, energy efficiency and demand management. You know, it's a really big initiative, but. Once you set your long-term goal, you know, we are really starting to see the conversation changing with companies. And I'm pretty confident that over the next few years we'll get the biggest, you know, the 40 out of the top 100 at least committing to setting science-based long-term emission reduction targets. And how are those targets objectively assessed, Monica? That, that seems like a bit of a sticking point. Anyone can say, oh, we'll, we'll do this, we're doing that. But it's really hard to pin down, isn't it? Oh, there's a pretty rigorous technical review um, committee and science um, committee who go and do that. So, you know, I'm responsible here for going out and talking to the company, supporting them through that process. I don't do the technical uh, review. That's done by my colleagues in the CDP, WRI or UN Global Compact. So we've hired people who actually do that independent technical review and they'll get onto the phone of the company and, uh, you know, work through the different... So, for example, the first Australian company to have set a science-based target was announced in November last year was Origin Energy, mm-hmm. and they worked um, with the technical review. You know, they had three phone calls to work through the details of that and some suggestions for tweaking the language of their, their commitment. And now the company has to deliver. They have to report on a yearly basis. Obviously, they have to report to their investors. And the investors were asking a lot of questions of origin on this. And uh, we know that it's really driving that thought leadership internally Just as in, well. Just in our last minute, Monica, um, the, you, you mentioned the three scopes. Do they need to sign up to all three or is that optional? Because I think one of the most exciting ones is... The, the third stage where it forces their supply chain because that yes. then promulgates it right through the economy. Absolutely. So that's, they have they must set both absolute as well as the intensity targets and across all three supply chains. So for the scope three, you can't always control, you can, you can influence. We do expect a target to be set, um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it's ambitious but not science-based. And it has to be on the top, the biggest three um, categories under that scope three ambition. And it is absolutely intended to drive that behaviour change within the supply chain. Terrific. Just briefly, where can our listeners find out more, Monica? So to find out more about the Business Renewables Centre, you can go to businessrenewables.org.au or um, you can email me at mrichter at www.org.au. That's www.org.au. Or, and for the science-based targets, go to the science-based targets. Just, just Google that. Yeah, yeah terrific. Just, and just Google both of those. I had a couple of comments when, with people's names, so I'll spell Richter, R-I-C-H-T-E-R, M. Richter. Great. <laughs> Thanks so much Thanks. for your time today, Monica. Thanks. Thank you. See you later. Thanks heaps. Bye. We've been speaking to Monica Richter from the Business Renewables Centre. 
The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate change solutions think tank Beyond Zero Emissions and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you want to listen to this show again or any of the others that we've done, then you can go to www.bze.org.au and click on podcasts. If you enjoy the program and can donate to help cover airtime costs, please go to the BZE website and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and we look forward to joining you again next week. Beyond Zero Emissions is an internationally recognised climate solutions think tank that is focused on solutions, not problems. Become part of the solution by becoming a monthly base load supporter. Go to www.bze.org.au to find out more. bze.org.au You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.